0: Ha 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 ha! Welcome, welcome to the ShotWare Show. So happy to have you with me this evening, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Yes, I am here Friday night. Happy Friday, everybody. I appreciate you guys giving me a little bit chunk, a little chunk of your evening. I wanted to talk about something this evening that is not talked about often enough, I think. But I hear people often say things like all the time, well, if you third parties would just, you know, Get better candidates, or you know, if you give me somebody to vote for, or something like that, why can't you guys do better? Or all those types of things, or I'm tired of having no choice, all these issues that I hear about constantly. The average person doesn't understand how hard that is. They assume, well, you just run in the primary and you're on the ballot, done. That's it, that's what people think, and you just That You know, have the, uh, here's all the time. Why don't you just call the newspaper and have them cover you? Like that happens. So all these different, why don't you get in debates? You guys, should. I never see you in debates. Like that's easy. But if you've run or been part of a third party, you know how hard that is. But if you haven't run and you're not part of a third party, why would you know? How could you know? I had no idea how bad it was until I ran. Then I was like, oh, oh, this is how bad it is. Oh my God, this is how bad it is. So many hard, you just just to get on the primary. I mean, just, just to get on the on the ballot is hard. Just that, right? That's a, a hard piece. And I I want to bring up that that piece if I could. I'm gonna show you a little video from uh third candidates. It's an older video, older, not old, but older, about five years ago. And it came out when Gary Johnson got on the ballot because that was a big deal. It was the you know first time we got an all fifty states? That's how tough it was, and it kind of expresses how that works. And I'll cover some aspects of it that some of you may know, some of you won't. There are some libertarians there, but there are others too. You'll see kind of what they're talking about. Parties,
1: ballot access is pretty much a given. Yes, brothers,
0: not so much this week. And that's the issue to remember, right? If you are part of the two duopoly, you just get ballot access. And again, that makes no sense to the average American to go, why are they so special? Because they wrote the rules. You just get it. So they assume, well, just run and you'll just get it. No, if you're not part of the establishment, you don't get on. What winds up happening is this this becomes a game for either wealthy people or establishment people. Everyone else gets pushed to the side. Like
2: you did make it onto the ballot in all 50 states in Washington, D.C., which I should mention, no third-party candidate has done since 1996.
0: For the Think about time- that. Since Perot. Since Perot. Is that crazy?
1: I'm in 30 years. A third candidate has made all 51 ballots. Ballot access is absolutely critical. Yes. Your name on paper so people can see it
0: and vote. Book- I mean, as simple as that sounds, you and, and this is my argument for ballot access constantly. I say this all the time. Judges go out of their way to throw people off of the ballot. Right? They go out of their way. Why? And I would ask someone who would say, well, Larry, it's the law. Great. Lots of things are the law. It doesn't mean you have to enforce it. It's why it's a judge. I would ask, what is the downside? What's the harm to getting leaving someone on the ballot? Well, there's obvious harm if a person's not on a ballot, right? If someone's not on the ballot, then the people who support that person, they just lost the choice. So there is clearly harm in that case, right? So if there are some people who want this person, then those people are harmed. So there is some obvious harm on that one. What's the harm in reverse? What if I'm on? And some of you heard this before, but I'll say it again because it actually matters tremendously. What if I actually should not be on the ballot, and I am? The good people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, decide that they want me on the ballot. Not them. Three people who I happen to know in Tulsa happen to like Larry Sharp, and they say, let's put Larry Sharp on the ballot. Those three people say that. So great. Those three people put me on the ballot, and somehow the Tulsa government screws up and messes up, and I wind up being on the ballot, right? I shouldn't be, but I'm on the ballot by mistake. Let's say that happens what's the harm? What's going to happen? I'm going to get those three votes. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm a spoiler if it's that close. Maybe. I don't know, but probably not. The odds are I'm going to get those three votes or maybe some other people who just hate the system and vote for some guy they don't know. So I get 12 votes and whoever wins, wins. That's what usually happens. Well, let's go down that road all the way down. Let's say I win the election. Let's say I actually win. I get whatever, 51 of the vote or whatever is the rule in Tulsa, 35, whatever is the rule. I win the election. I can't be the mayor. There's clearly going to be some residential issues or whatever. So I can't be the mayor. So what does that mean? That means there's going to be another election. Is that a bad thing? Yes. If I actually win that election, the people don't want those two candidates, do they? Why would they vote for some guy in New York for Tulsa, Oklahoma mayor? So, there is absolutely no harm. In fact, maybe a benefit. It may be, they may be easily, it may, may be easier able to just destroy a bad election, which is the will of the people. So, there is a possible positive outcome and no harm if you, if, if you err on the side of putting people on the ballot and if you err on getting people off the ballot, only harm, only harm, no benefit, only harm. But judges consistently do this again and again and again. And what most people don't know, if you're a Democrat or Republican, your party actively sues people off the ballot every single year. Your people, if you're a Republican or Democrat, actively sue to throw people off the ballot every single year. They don't want to win on ideas or successes or policies. They want to cheat. They want to make sure they use a system. That's not cheating. That's not right. They want to be what I believe is unethical. It's not cheating because it is legal. So they're not cheating. I take that back. I'm sorry. They don't want to cheat. They don't have any problem being unethical. That's really, they can do whatever they want. So the the hardest part about this is not just the ballot part, but then what comes from being on the ballot. And that's the other part that drives us crazy. It's your name
1: on paper so people can see it and yep. vote for it. For the
0: most part, you'll not even be noticed unless you're on the ballot. <clears throat> Yes, you want to be noticed. So, h- how, how can you get voted on when you won't be noticed and you can't get into the debates?
1: It's also how a candidate meets the second criteria for getting debate access. Yes. So, how does one get on the ballot in the United States? It's complicated. Not really. But it boils down to signatures. Yes. Lots of them. Lots it of them. It takes help and persistence from supporters. Yep. Money to pay for organizers, petitioners, yes. and resources to grind out cases in our legal system. Yes. ballot access in the United States is a mess of
0: a process. And people get sued and they fight all the way through to get, to be clear, they're fighting and spending taxpayer money and fighting left and right to remove choice in a democracy. Let's be clear about that. They are fighting to remove choice in a democracy. And we as Americans seem to be okay with that. At all levels. The United States
3: is famous
1: for having non-uniform electoral procedures. Because of
4: these restricted ballot access laws, many races for the Georgia legislature only have one candidate.
0: It'd be funny. Did you hear that? They make it so hard to get in the ballot that most of the time, there's only one candidate. Are you telling that you honestly believe that there's nobody else who wants to run? If the same person keeps winning, great, I guess they're good at what they do. But why would you... And again, I'll go back to it. If you're a judge, why would you even imagine this is okay? Like, why? What in your head would go? Yeah, making taking off the ballot so there's no one else on the ballot. That's a great idea. Why would you think that? What What's wrong with you as a judge? If you'd be like, yeah, throw him, make sure no one's on the ballot but him. That's That's democracy. Boy, I so I'm so glad I support the Constitution. What? You're not supporting the Constitution. You're supporting some stupid local law. I don't get it. I don't get it. If it weren't
1: so indicative of the partisanship and inefficiencies many Americans are fed up with in the first place.
0: Yes, they're already unhappy. Yeah. I want to dissuade someone like myself from doing this. I yes. am
2: competing with Hillary Clinton to be the nominee of the Women's Equality Party of New York.
1: Her name will be on twice on the ballot.
2: Yes, she is allowed to be on twice.
0: That's how New York works. Episode- See, in New York, how it works is you can get on multiple lines. So you have to now get under the party, right? Say you decide you want to start a party. Now, you would think starting a party should be relatively easy, one would assume, right? No, it is way hard. Again, establishment or cash? Hillary Clinton, both easy for her this lovely this lovely doctor no that doctor doesn't get it
1: So too your name here
0: this is third candidates by the way you do I'm have to get past it. the yes.
2: frustration of how absurd the rules are and just go i get it it's crazy it's absurd but you just yes. keep going forward
0: and that's the piece have to keep fighting forward now you might say well larry so what right so it's harder for them okay maybe you don't care maybe you don't but i would ask you is it fair is it fair that if you happen to be in a major party, you cruise through and all your volunteers and money, of which you have more money already and more volunteers, get to just work on getting you votes? Meanwhile, every other third party has to work on getting through all of this.
1: Oh, my God. We met up with the bravest of brave souls, independent candidate, Dr. Lynn Kahn.
2: In May 2014, I was having a very sleepless
0: night. She decided she want to run. Let me grab some comments, if I could. You guys give me comments. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Stephen says, the, unconst- the unconstitutional two-party system. Yes, most people don't understand that there are no political parties in the Constitution. This is just made up. And that's my point about a judge. Why in the world would a judge in at all think political parties... Are valid and important and more important than than choice when they aren't even on the be- they aren't even the constitution. But they do. Yes, absolutely. So Matthew says third parties won't get in the spotlight because the powers that be want the status quo. Yes, third party actually want to fix things. A hundred percent true. Matt, by the way, good seeing you. Yes, absolutely. The average person is not open-minded. That's good. I like that. Yes. Mitt Romney's, really Mitt Romney. How is it his fault? This has been happening for years. Did he do something I don't know about? Help me out with this one. I, I don't know where that one came from. So Jeff says, hate to say this, but the two party system isn't broken. It's working exactly how the Dems GOP designed it. Valid point. Yeah, it's, it's broken for us, but yeah, you are correct. The way they want it hundred percent. Yes. Christine says, I petitioned in Missouri, Nebraska and Connecticut 1984 for libertarian ballot access. I was amazed how many people didn't want to have a third party in the ballot. That part, by the way, Christine, also bothers me. And that's why you're supposed to have judges who are supposed to, clearly not, but are supposed to do what's fair for everyone via the Constitution. Protect everyone's rights. Because individuals don't always want to protect your rights. So if you're going to have a government, shouldn't it protect our rights? Shouldn't that be the number one goal of government to protect our rights? It should be. So I get it. I've been out petitioning. And how many times people said, oh, is he going to run against my guy? Yeah. No, I want my guy to win. And they'd walk away. And I'm like, you don't have to vote for this person. You don't have to. You're just giving other people an opportunity. They're like, no, I don't want that. Vote for my guy. And they would walk away. That happened all the time, Christine. It still happening. I was petitioning for Stacey Pressman here in New York City. Yeah, same thing. All right, it's going to stop my guy. Yes, absolutely. Yes. David says, I'm glad Kentucky does a good job at giving ballot access. Uh, even Goofy goofy, A. Kanye West was in the ballot here. Yeah, and it's again, that's a perfect example, Dave. What was the harm in having Kanye West in your ballot? Did all of a sudden Kentucky go Kanye, right? I mean, to be fair, if Kentucky wanted to go Kanye... It should be able to go Kanye if it wanted to. Clearly, it didn't. But if Kentucky wanted to go Kanye, good on Kentucky. What's wrong with that? Right? This is what I thought democracy is supposed to be about. Clearly, I'm wrong here. Yes. Libertarians have many problems, Francis says, getting on the ballot, but they do choose our elected officials. Hmm? Libertarians may have problems getting on ballots, but they do choose elected officials. I'm, I'm I'm not sure where you're going with that one, Francis. If you help me out with what you mean by that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. John says, my vote is mine. I'll forever vote libertarian to let my voice be heard. Thank you, brother. I need more people to say that. More people to say that. Absolutely. Yes. That's good. All right. Let me uh, let me throw a couple more of these if I can. I want to go a little bit further in, in this woman's story. I'll zip ahead a bit, but she's going to explain a couple of things, which are kind of interesting. Jeez.
1: If anyone knows how federal agencies operate day to day and can speak to the ways the executive branch can improve them, it's her. Yep. However, ballot access procedure has. Look at that. Status, valid. Status, invalid. Oh, surprise. Been a bit of a rude awakening.
2: Once yeah. you submit your paperwork to the Federal Elections Commission to be a candidate, that's kind of where the federal piece ends. And it's really the state regulations.
0: Yep. Then the state goes and then tells you to pieces. That
2: determine how you get on the ballot and who gets on the Bingo. ballot. Bingo. Every single state has a different process.
0: And I'm actually not against the states having different processes. I'm not. This is a cultural change right the idea that you shouldn't be it shouldn't be so hard to get in the ballot it, you know larger states may have different rules more rural states may have different rules i don't mind the, the the part that bothers me about this is for many people the outcome is federal guidelines of course that's their answer of course it is but even if there were federal guidelines even if there were i'm not advocating for that but say there were what would happen the two parties would change those too of course they would. They do straight ticket voting or something like that to make sure that no one else could get voted on. They would create that stuff anyway. So no, it is a cultural change. The American people saying, no, this two-party system doesn't work. Stop throwing people off the ballot. It is a bad idea. Getting
2: on a ballot. For example, it takes 125,000 or so signatures in Florida to get on the ballot. By the way, this
0: is 2016. So these things may have changed in the past five years.
2: Ballot, it takes 5,000 in Ohio. So it just doesn't make any sense. New Mexico, it would be easier for me to start my own political party in terms of yep. the number of signatures required. Yep. Then collect signatures to get on the ballot as an individual. And that's
0: And that's not and again, I don't mind these rules, but that's make that's it easy. Beginning. Whatever the issue is, so, make everyone get it.
2: looking at exactly what is it that you have to do. What are the rules? Tell me what the rules are, and we read them and we. Laugh, but there's a problem because they're just insanely complicated to. Once read. you figure and them out, one of us calls the board of elections in that particular state and goes.
0: This- and the board of elections, by the way, for those who've been through this, don't always know what to do, because they're not sure how to deal with third parties all the time. So they sometimes give you wrong information, and unless you have that documented. Well, you're just screwed. This is
2: what I think the rules say, just to get a confirmation, because, hello, sometimes yep. what's on the website isn't correct, and Bingo. sometimes there's just a lot of information missing on the website. Also true. Republicans, they don't even think about it. They'd
0: don't care. Don't even- the Democrats, Republicans don't care. This is written to put other people away. It does not make any sense whatsoever. So.
1: It was required to turn in 19 signatures. Yep. His independent opponent, 232.
0: Here's what happens. The second you put in the signatures, now they attack the signatures. Some of you don't know that. We'll just get signatures. Okay. This guy, Donna Moore, has to make 19 signatures, and this guy, Tyler, has to get 232. Okay, so he, what does he do? When the Independent turned in
1: 273, Extra. Republican, through a series of court challenges, got the county to
0: toss out 45 of his... Now, that's my point. Why? Why did any judge, why did any judge even accept the challenge? That is my problem. The judge should say, he'll get 232. How many put in? 271? Do you have a valid reason for why you think he's lying? Are you charging him with fraud? Do you think he made an actual error? Was there a crime here? And if he goes, well, no, there's no crime. Have a nice day. He's on the ballot. Be a better candidate, Donald Moore. Done. Done. That's what a judge should be saying. Do you think there is a crime involved here? Do you think Tyler is actually being fraudulent? Do you think he's actively getting the wrong from the people? What is your What is your uh, What is your issue here? Well, no, I'm not accusing him of a crime. Have a nice day. Move on. Opponent signatures, leaving him too shy of the requirement. Yep. Even. And what would happen if the judge, in this point, said too shy? Good enough. Seriously, I'll ask again. What's the harm?
1: There is none. With 10 times as many signatures as the Republican candidate, the independent was dropped from the ballot. That's yep. not how this is supposed to work. No, we're supposed to encourage participation from motivated, engaged citizens.
0: Yes, we
5: are. It can be, it can be, disturbing. that's true.
1: This is Tom Yeager, co chair of the Green Party Ballot Access Committee.
5: Yeah, most states, what happens is the Secretary of State checks the signatures on the petitions that you've turned. There to we go. Make sure that they are registered voters. That's it. Generally, it's encouraged for you to turn in like roughly 50% more signatures. Think
0: about that. You have to turn in 50% more signatures of whatever they say. So whenever someone says, well, you only need 10,000 signatures or whatever the number is, people think, oh, that's not bad. No, that means you got to turn in 16,000. That's a lot.
5: Then the requirement actually is, for example, in Kentucky, you need to turn in 5,000 signatures we go. for presidents. You should turn in about 7,500 to be safe.
0: Signature. Now, you you might say, well, Larry, is it that much? Yes, have you tried collecting signatures? I have. It's a pain, not just that. It's time, it's money, it's energy to do all those things. And what are Democrats and Republicans doing? Making commercials, shaking hands, going out and raising money, doing all the things to get votes. We have to do this just to get on the ballot.
1: ...get thrown out for clerical errors, and various screenouts shrink the pool of eligible citizens. Yep.
5: Taxes has a strange process called a primary screen out. People who sign your petition to get your state party on the ballot cannot have voted in the Democratic or Republican primary. Look
0: at this. So you go through and say, did they vote in the primary? Oh, they did? Their signature's gone.
5: What BS is
0: this? Again, what I'll ask for the 15th time. What's the harm? Why would you go through this many hoops to pull a third party off of the ballot? And then everyone goes, well, why don't you guys do well? Because we're going through this. Make the system fair and we get a better shot. And you might go, well, Larry, why do we care? If you're actually happy with the Republicans and Democrats, I get it. You shouldn't care. It's working well for you. My assumption is because the non-affiliated are the actual largest party in America and in almost every state that we're not happy.
5: It makes it harder because some people who want to sign your petition legally can't.
1: Yep. Timelines can make it harder for grassroots efforts to build up momentum. Absolutely.
5: Sometimes you have to get a lot of signatures in a short time period. Like Illinois, for example. We have to get 25,000 signatures in 90 days.
1: That's a lot. In their models, Tom estimates you can count on 10% of your total petitions to be handled by pure volunteers. Oh, there we go. The rest, you
0: got to pay for in some way. Now you got to pay for So now I got to write checks to people to go get signatures so I can get in the ballot. And here's the worst part. It doesn't just happen once. It's every single time I want to run. This is extra money from a third party that already can't afford it. We already have less money.
5: Be it to cover travel costs or hire professional petitioners. Figuring petitions of under 5,000 signatures can be done with pretty much all volunteers. Um, This is looking at like the larger states. Yes. I'd say about that would be close to $2 million.
0: Look at how much you have to do. Look at that! You got to drop all that money just to get on a ballot, and the funny part is, only libertarians have been on the ballot in all fifty states. Greens, no, they can't do it from scratch. Now I want to be clear: Is there anybody in America who doesn't know that the Green Party is a party? You might hate the Green Party, you might love the Green Party, but is there anyone going Green Party? What's that? Everyone knows they exist, but they can't be on the ballot. Why? Clearly, people like the Green Party. Is there anyone who doesn't know the Libertarian Party exists? Of course they know they exist, even if they love or hate the Libertarian Party. They know they exist. So why would you pull them off the ballot? I know I keep pushing this because I want you, as the individual listening to this or watching this, to understand that there is no excuse except power. There is no excuse except power. So when someone tries to tell you, well, it's the law or it's this, it's unconstitutional that's for sure it is against the spirit of democracy that's for sure and there is nothing there's no reason for it except power there is no harm so when people talk about it you should tell them this is just about power
1: it's just math and reality
0: why would they lose a, a ballot challenge in Arizona do people in Arizona not think the Green Party is valid you are when you do this you are literally taking thousands of Arizona citizens who who would like to vote green and now they can't because a judge said, yeah, that's, that's a smart move. That's a good move. I would like to disenfranchise thousands of voters of my state because some rule that Democrats Republicans put together to keep themselves in power. That's what happens. Every time you see that, that is what happens. Some judge says, yeah, I think it's a good idea to disenfranchise thousands of American citizens because I want to follow a rule that Democrats, and Republicans put together in a party system that's unconstitutional. That's what a judge is saying every single time. That's it.
1: There's also the cost of defending the work that's already been done. Yep.
5: The Democratic Party challenges Green Party petitions. In All the time. States, and the uh, the Republican Party challenges Libertarian Constitution parties. Yep.
1: Sometimes these challenges are taken yep. to court and can set damaging precedents. Yes. The
5: Pennsylvania Supreme Court basically. Oh, remember this one? The loser in a challenge could have the uh, the winner's uh, legal costs assessed against them.
0: So now, if you challenge and you lose, you have to pay the party's legal uh, lawsuit. You're going to pay the legal, legal challenges, the, the legal uh, fees. So you're already a small party with no money. So now you're going to sue and they're going to make you pay the legal fees, the Democratic Republican Party that has literally. Hundreds of millions of dollars for legal defense. And when I say hundreds of millions, there's no hyperbole in that. It's hundreds of millions of dollars for legal issues. They That's sitting in the bank ra- waiting to pay for this stuff. And you're a small party. You can't afford it. So I punch you in the face, disenfranchise you, then I kick you in the stomach when you're on the ground. That's our current system.
5: They used that against Ralph Nader in, in 2004. And basically, he was uh, told to pay like over $80,000 to the Democrats who kicked him off the ballot.
0: So you got to So not only can you not vote for the party member you want, you have to support the Democratic Party with $80,000 so they can win. Wow. That's our current system. That's where we are right now. We think that's a good idea. That's a good idea right now. Well, you libertarians, why don't you win more? Maybe because this? Could that be a reason? Yeah, Johnny Johnson says voted for Perot two times, then wrote in Ron Paul till 2016. Thank you, I love that. That's great. Yes, um, that was BS. What happened in Texas trying to take our hands of the ballots? Yes, just took more money in attorney costs, and that's their goal, Jimmy. You're absolutely right. If a Democratic or Republican party goes to court and they lose twenty thousand dollars in legal fees, that's nothing. They don't care. If a Libertarian party loses twenty thousand dollars. That's the campaign. They're done. My campaign in 2018, I raised a lot of money for libertarian. I raised half a million dollars, which is a lot of money to raise. But the Republican raised $4 million and the Democrat raised $12 million. So let's say we'd all gone to legal war, had to pay $100,000 in legal fees. I would be crippled. The Democrat, my governor, His Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II, would have been laughing at that and just, ha, ha, ha. Probably like, yeah, fine, we, we can handle that. I would have been crippled. So, yes, that's exactly right. More money, but the little guys don't have it. Harrison County, West Virginia, now has two libertarians sitting in local chairs. <laughs> Nicely done, guys. Nicely done. Michael says, thank God I need some sharp." way right about now after the day ahead. had. i sorry. I hope your day gets better. I hope your weekend is better, at least. That's something. Absolutely. I I hope that does things a little bit better. Yes. David says, uh, oh, this is for someone else. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, Michael says the Green Party was already in disarray in 2020. They couldn't unite behind the ticket. One of the reasons I fled the Libertarian Party. That's true. The Green Party was in trouble in 2020. They were much better in 2016. They weren't great in 2016, but they were much better. That's for sure. They were much better um, in 20, in 2016 than they were in um in in uh 20 uh 16 in 2020 you're correct absolutely so um John says I'm not even sure how to change my voter registration from independence to libertarian if you're in New York State you can't right now because they decided that we are not a party and Tim says oh man don't get me started on board of elections absolutely they are yes absolutely yes 100 yes this race is I find divorce Democratic Party Memorial Day. I'm not a libertarian. Get some. I love that. Awesome. Let me grab a little bit more if I can. We'll we'll, we'll wrap him up, but there's a little bit of, a little piece here that's still kind of interesting.
1: Until that ruling was overturned in 2012, no Greens or Libertarians attempted a midterm run in yep. Pennsylvania for almost a decade. Look at that. Ten also, years, no some run. Offices are just out of reach.
5: No one has succeeded as an independent or third party candidate in getting on the ballot in Georgia for Congress. It's just been the two major parties since the 1940s.
0: So at when this was, I don't know if it's still true now, but in 2016, 75 years, no minor party candidate on the ballot in Georgia for Congress, 75 years, and judges go, yeah, that's, that's fair, that's okay, yeah, that's fine, why can't you third party people win? Maybe because of that?
1: All this still begs the question, if there's true support... Why can't they rally the base?
5: Yes. Even better, established parties can struggle in certain states for various reasons. Yeah. Hey, you doing, ma'am? Are you
2: a New Hampshire voter by any chance?
0: Sliding right by. Nice. Absolutely sliding okay. right by.
1: New Hampshire has a relatively low signature requirement. Yes.
0: So the, the the point I wanted to bring up here with, with ballot access was... Let's I grab the rest of this if I could. All right. The point I wanted to bring up ballot access, of course, is can you rally the base? You can. You can. But here's the problem. When you start to rally the base, as they say, do you want people to actually vote for you when they think you can't win? Wow, is that hard, right? How do you vote for somebody when you think they can't win? That becomes very challenging. And then you become the spoiler and all those things. Very difficult. This is why I want to bring up my next piece today, which if you change one, you must change the other. And let me give you the other part, which is ranked choice voting. This part, very, very important. If you get, if you're able to also include not just good ballot access, but also ranked choice voting, that's when you will find that we actually have something, something that resembles a real Democracy with multiple um, with with multiple parties and real concepts and ideas. Without that, I don't know how you do it. So right now, I'm able to I don't know grab a bunch of people and say yes, we all want to vote green or we all want to vote um, libertarian or whatever the case may be. We all want to do that. That's that's amazing. That's awesome. Okay, sounds nice. I like it. But we start to do that, we get a good candidate, and we get that candidate. Now, we other people vote for us, they go, wait a minute, if I vote Libertarian, well, then the other guy that I don't like will win, right? The, the, the person, the, the Democrat, the, the Republican will win or the whatever will win, right? The, the other guy that I don't want to win will win. Well, what if we had ranked choice voting? Then you could pick the person who you want to win, not vote for the person that you don't want to win, and things would change. This is what we have to begin to work on. Ranked choice voting is critical. Hold on here. What am I missing here? I am back, guys. I apologize. I don't know why I went away. I went away, but I'm back. I hope you guys haven't left me. For some reason, I just went away, but I am now back. See, I do love you. Thank you for staying. I want to talk, if I can, about ranked choice voting. I think ranked choice voting is probably the best answer we're going to have for the future.
4: So what is ranked choice voting? In most parts of the United States, voters select a single candidate for each position on their ballot, and the candidate with the most votes wins. This is known as single-choice, winner-take-all, which can sometimes result in the election of a candidate who earned only a small percentage of the vote, even when the majority of voters supported other candidates.
0: This is how it usually works, right? But that would make sense if I have multiple parties. So I'm afraid, right, with multiple parties... I'm afraid here, right? I'm afraid that all of a sudden I can't vote for this person because the other person's going to win. Makes sense. So why would you want other people on the ballot? You wouldn't.
4: But that's not the only way of electing our leaders. Mm -hmm. Ranked choice voting is another voting method which allows voters to rank their candidates in order of preference. In a ranked choice voting election, a candidate needs to earn more than half of the votes to win.
0: Now, this is normal, right? Many people do have a 50% threshold. And if you don't have 50% threshold. They have a runoff that that's usually the answer a runoff
4: all first choices are counted and if a candidate has a majority then they win just like any other election easy day if not the candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated and voters who picked that candidate as number one will have their votes count for their next choice
0: and that's the point right so if i like say for example i think that all i want is a third party that's all i want so I don't want any major parties at all. So I vote number one, Gary Johnson, and then number two, Jill Stein, and number three is, um, you know, um, I don't know who, who else is running. Uh, Daryl Castle is interesting, right? Daryl Castle. I only want third parties. So that's what I run. That That's my order that I want, right? In that in that case. Well, if I vote, you know, if if Gary Johnson gets the most votes, whoever gets the lowest. Goes away and he'll vote for Darryl Castle. Say he's the lowest at this point. Whatever they voted for now comes up. All of a sudden now everyone's getting something, right? The odds of you getting something matters. And that's the issue versus elections have consequences. Do as I say. This
4: process continues until a candidate earns a majority and is declared the winner. Absolutely. Let's look at an example.
0: So Shane Hazel forced the runoff in Georgia. Yeah, that's right, and that's the current system. But imagine—not well, all states are that way. Some states—they're plurality states. New York is that way. New York is whoever has the most wins, regardless of whether it's past, um fifty percent or not. Just the most wins—that's it. So in New York, Shane Hazel would not have forced a runoff. Whoever had the most votes would have run, would have won. In the example we talked about, Shane—everyone who voted for Shane, whoever their second vote was for that person would have gotten those votes. And that's how that would have been decided. So a little bit different in that regard. But let me walk down that road. Imagine someone like a Gary Johnson who was very popular and was able to get in certain areas, six, eight, 9%. That becomes a situation to where, wait a minute, do I want to vote for Gary Johnson or not? And let's say you're in New York. And if you're in New York, most New Yorkers, New York's about three to one, Democrat to Republican. So most New Yorkers want Democrats, right? Most do. But let's say a bunch of them said, you know what? I, it's not that I want a Democrat. I just don't want a Republican. And that's a common issue. That's a common thought process among the two party people. So they go, I don't want a Republican. But I like this Gary Johnson guy, but I'm afraid if I vote for Gary Johnson, then maybe I spoil the vote and the Republican wins. I don't want that because I love Democrats, right? Okay, got You love Democrats. No worries. You can vote for Gary Johnson on the first one. And then your number two is Democrat. And then nothing for the Republican because you don't like the Republicans. Okay, no worries. So now Gary Johnson gets a bigger chunk up front, even if he loses. What does that mean? Okay, let's say if, if all the people who actually wanted Gary Johnson 2016 in New York didn't vote for Hillary and instead voted for him first, Hillary second. What if he would have gotten 20% of the vote, 25% of the vote, then lost, right? And then then his votes got split up to the other two and then Hillary Clinton wins New York anyway. She was going to win New York no matter what, right? Fine. But the fact that he would have gotten 20 or 25% before losing, what would that have told the entire country? Man, this is viable. We should raise money. We should care. Let's pay attention. The impact that we can have by having ranked choice voting, even if we lose, is far higher because the outcome would have been a whole lot more. Think about it in my race in 2018, if we had ranked choice voting. How many people who hated Cuomo, who liked me, and was afraid of losing to Cuomo, would have voted for me first and Republican second? Surely hundreds of thousands. Surely hundreds of thousands of people would have voted for me and they're, then the they're Republican second because they don't want a Democrat to win. So I might've gotten up the front 20,000, 20, 20% of the vote. Who knows if I could have gotten maybe 35%. Now you might say, well, Larry, you still would have lost and Cuomo still would have won. Yes, maybe, probably true. It's New York State, probably true. But wouldn't wouldn't more people be taking me and our ideas more seriously if they thought there was actually 25% of that? That's my point. Ranked choice voting helps.
4: Here, you select orange as your first choice candidate, yellow as your second, pink mm-hmm. as your third, and green as your final choice.
0: Or you can also do none. You can leave one blank.
4: The first choices are counted. Yellow earned 35%, orange yep. 21%, pink earned 28%, Bingo. and green earned 16% of
0: Poor green party, guys. Vote.
4: Because nobody won more than 50%, the candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated and voters who picked him as their first choice have their Bingo. ballots count for their second choice.
0: There we go, they These get something.
4: Until a candidate receives more than half of the votes.
0: They get something at least, right? So okay, the pink people didn't get their guy, that sucks. But the but the orange people and the green people and the yellow people got something. Better than nothing.
4: Or 50% plus one. Yes. So what are some of the benefits of ranked choice voting?
0: Here is a critical piece. Ranked Peace.
4: choice voting provides more choices Allowing more than two candidates to compete.
0: That part itself, most people don't care about the be forward. Most people don't care about choice. I know it sounds terrible, but this goes to the, the, the earlier the person who was commenting. They don't want choice.
4: Pete, without fear of splitting the vote among like-minded individuals. Yes. Sometimes voters feel pressured to vote for the lesser of two evils. All the Rank time. Choice voting allows people to vote for their favorite candidate. Bingo.
0: Not- we, we start voting for people. Not against people we're afraid of. Imagine that. Imagine if a candidate had to actually talk about what they care about, what's important, versus why the other guy's evil. Imagine that. Imagine if PACs didn't have to just do attack ads. Imagine that.
4: Just against the candidates they dislike. With ranked choice voting, we see more positive campaigns and less negative Absolutely. advertising.
0: Yes, it is by default, because you don't want to piss off the voters of the other person, right? If you're orange guy, you don't want to call the yellow people voters terrible. You don't want to call people deplorables, right? That's not a good campaign strategy if you're doing uh, ranked choice voting. It works perfectly. Well, in theory, it, works, it could work um, in, the, in the two-party system, but here it doesn't work well, of course.
4: Candidates are encouraged to reach out to as many voters as possible. Absolutely those supporting their opponents. They can build a winning coalition with like-minded candidates.
0: Oh my God. Coalitions. What? Oh my God.
4: To earn voters second and third choices. It's time to fix our democracy and make our elections work better for everybody. Yes. We can do that with ranked choice voting. Visit www.
0: Absolutely. I wanted to make sure you guys saw that. That is important. So we got to get on the ballot and the laws are against us without question. On top of that, we got to have ranked choice voting. And the worst part is in New York City, you know, we have it. We have ranked choice voting only for the primary. 75 or 73 percent Democrat in New York City. So we get the we get ranked choice voting for the primary, which in reality, ranked choice voting for the primary in in New York City is actually ranked choice voting for the mayor. Because the Democrat almost always wins in New York City, so you have basically just did ranked choice voting for New York City. However, it's single-party rule, so they're okay with that, right? Democrats are fine with single-party rule, no worries on that, but how dare you uh, get other parties in? The last piece I want to bring up upon this, there are three, three pieces to making the third-party system safer, better, faster, stronger. One, as I mentioned, is ballot access, critical piece. You can't vote for uh, someone that don't get in the ballot. If they get in the ballot, you can't really have them, you know, do a good job of getting votes if everyone thinks it's a wasted vote. So you got to have ranked choice voting to make that happen. But on top of that, we got we to gotta open up our primaries. Now, for some of you, your primaries are open. But New York State, they're not. So what winds up happening is... People are only voting if they're if they're you know part of that party. And why is that bad? There was literally, and you New York City people know this. There was literally a a letter that went around to all New York City registered voters, and the letter actually said it wasn't from the city, but it might as well have been. But it wasn't from the city. To be forward, it was not from the city. Um, the reality of it is, it, the New York City is about seventy to seventy five percent Democrat. So they said, if you want. Any say in who the governor is, register Democrat so you can vote in the primary because that's how we choose our our mayor. I mean, blatant, mask off. Here we are. The Democrats winning. We know it. You know it. Stop messing around. Stop pretending like any other party matters in the city. Register Democrat today so you can have a say in the mayoral election, if you don't register Democrat, you don't get to say your vote doesn't count. They just came out and said that they were like, here it is. Go do it. So you know what actually happened? More people registered Democrat. That actually happened. Yes. We didn't fight back and go, oh, my God, no way. We went, OK. And we literally just went, yeah. And saw so more New York City people registered Democrat. That's what happened. It actually worked. As sad as that is, it actually worked. So, yeah. And then our governor, his majesty King Andrew Cuomo II. Oh Hello King. Um, our governor actually said it. He again, mask off. He said, we'll pick the new mayor of New York City in June. The election for mayor is in November. He said June. Because June is our primary. So mask off. Just you're not a Democrat? You don't get a say in this city. <laughs> sure are you? You don't get a say. That's literally what they were. They didn't care at all. So here's a piece to talk about the primary system. Let's this is actually talk from Khan about Academy.
3: Primary elections, which are often known go. as primaries. Yes. One way to think about them is that they're just preliminary elections used to get down to a fewer number of candidates.
0: Now that, in theory, is not a bad idea, right? The concept of having a massive field and then bringing it down to a smaller amount is not a crazy idea, right? That is not a nutty idea. You let people get in the ballot, and you have some type of primary to whittle it down to a smaller amount, so that now it becomes, you know, handleable in some way, shape, or form. You create some realistic threshold, like top two, three, four, five, or six, something like that. California does what what they call the jungle primary, which is top two, which I think is a terrible idea. But maybe we do top three or top four, whatever. We can pick, whatever that is. But That concept is not a bad concept. The way it actually works, not so much.
3: A very simple example would be, let's say there is a congressional seat in your district. And there's three folks who are interested in that position who associate themselves with the Democrats. And let's say there's also three folks in your district Mm -hmm. who are interested in running for that position who associate themselves
0: with the Republicans. Yeah, but where's the rest? That's where they messed up. They just made it parties again. There are some situations where you can have
3: just a big preliminary election where they all run against each other. We'll talk about yeah. that in
0: a second. But you... but even when that happened, it was just two parties. There's the problem, the just two parties.
3: Usually you have a situation where they try to think about, well, let's just pick one to represent the Democrats and let's just pick one to represent the Republicans. Yep. And so that's where the primary election would happen. So you would have a Democratic primary mm-hmm. where these folks would run against each other. Perfect. And whoever Makes gets sense. the most votes would then go on to represent the Democratic Party in that election. So Easy if day. If that person wins, then they will go on to the general election. Love it. This is not crazy. The problem is, where's the other people? Likewise, these three folks would run against each other in the Republican primary.
0: Love it so and far. We are rocking and rolling. gets
3: the most votes, let's say it's that person right over there, mm-hmm. they would go to the general election to go against likely the Democrat right over here. There so we go. This is the person. Life is good. Who would go against the Democrat. And then they Where's are going the rest? to compete in the general election. Where's the rest? Each other head to head. And then whoever gets that would get the congressional seat. Now, even in this type of primary, you could call this a partisan primary. Yeah, that's what I would call it.
0: Who votes in this Democratic Party? Bingo. That's the problem right there. While in theory, this is not necessarily a bad concept in theory, in practice, it winds up being a problem for several reasons. Primary, Who votes in that and who votes in the Republican
3: primary? Who's there's voting is critical two systems for this or two general yep. buckets. And there's some nuances from region to region. But one way is that, well, only registered Democrats could vote in the Democratic primary. Pick who yep, represents that's the one party in the general, this is New York state. Only registered Republicans can vote in the yep. Republican primary New York situation state. where only registered folks can vote in their respective primaries. That is mm-hmm. called a closed primary.
0: It's closed
3: because it's not Boo. open to just anyone
0: who wants to vote in the primary. Only- so that means that I have to register as a democrat to vote in a democratic primary. But what if I like the Republicans this time around? Or if I like Democrats, do I have to keep changing my voter registration every single time to see who's there? What if I don't want to identify with a party, but I want to have some say who's going to go to the end? I, I don't I don't get it.
3: Only the people who have already registered in that party can vote. Now you can imagine the opposite of that is the open primary. So open primary. Yep. And now we can vote. These are partisan primaries. You are trying to figure out who's going to represent the Democrats and who's going to represent the Republicans. You can allow people who are either not affiliated with the party or even people who are affiliated with the other party to vote in your primary. So, for example, in this Democratic primary, there could be, for some reason, folks who feel passionate about this candidate who are... Yes, you could actually
0: have a crossover candidate. You could actually have a crossover candidate. A candidate who might be a Democrat, but has some Republican leanings, or Republican that has Democratic leanings, or any mix or match, or Democrat with Libertarian leanings, or Republican Libertarian leanings. And now people who are outside the party want to jump in because they believe in this, but they don't believe in the party. They believe in the individual. They think that individual Republican is a good Republican. That's an individual good Democrat. They're individually good, but you think the parties are trash. Yeah, not a bad idea.
3: Are actually registered Republicans, but who they want to vote in this primary. Or you could have people who are unaffiliated who would vote in this primary if we are dealing with an open primary. Absolutely. Now, one interesting question is, is what could how could the dynamics change if we're dealing with hmm. a open versus a closed primary? This is a
0: huge piece.
3: Well, political scientists like to think a lot about this, and even states like to think about this in terms of what is appropriate, what is most representative, what gives the people of that state kind of the fairest voice in their elections. Now, people who like closed primaries might say, well, look, we're trying to figure out who represents the Democratic Party. It should only be Democrats. Mm -hmm. We're trying to figure out who represents the Republican Party. It should only be Republicans. Now, criticism of closed primaries might be, well, If you limit who gets to vote in the primary, then these candidates are only going to cater to the base. They're only going to cater to the- Yes,
0: that's the issue. So now in a democratic party, only one or two types of people wins, right? Someone who can rally the base or someone who's establishment. That's it. So I'm establishment or wealthy, or I can rally the base. Usually if you rally the base, it's because you're wealthy. Right, that's you know, Trump was wealthy, he could rally the Republican base, he was popular, rally the Republican base makes sense, right? Bernie didn't have enough to rally the, the the Democratic base, so he got hammered by the establishment. So that's how that works. We're setting up a system to where some guy or some gal who's motivated to run can't get into one of these. Okay, so I can't get into Republican or Democratic primary because I'm not either wealthy or establishment, so I can't win here. So I guess I'll have to go outside. Oh, but I can't get on the ballot, so I guess I can't do anything.
3: The interests of people in their party, and in particular, they might cater to people who are at the extremes of their party.
0: Also, for example,
3: too. let's say we have a situation like this. Let's say that this is the population right over here. That's population. I love those at guys. At the right end, these are conservatives. conservatives. These conservative people. Yeah, conservative.
0: That's conservatives, right? And there.
3: these folks right over here are. Liberal. liberal, right? Yeah. And All if right. you were to look at the population as a whole, let's say the distribution in the population, let's yeah. say it looks something like this: you have a little lo- uh, some people here who are quite Well, no, if liberal, it's New York, you got to have a whole lot. To the left, you have actually that's, the bulk no, of the people the who York are someplace now. in between, and then you have in your classroom bunch of folks who are actually I'm talking New York conservative. No, no, no. no. So you no, would guess you gotta, that hey, look, you know, you got to uh, move that bump to the left in my state. Maybe a moderate view would actually maybe be most representative of the people. But if you, you have closed depth, primaries, what might happen? Well, the Democratic primary, the people who would be eligible to vote, would be these people right over here. Would, would be these yes. people, the people who have registered as Democrats.
0: So they're the ones the voting. Republican primary. Well, only the register, if it's closed. And that's the issue. So what winds up happening, right? What winds up happening is what, it's what Tim's saying. Primaries in upstate New York don't happen. They are anointments of the DOR candidates. He's overstating a little bit. But no, primaries are rare. They wind up just appointing people. The parties appoint and that's it. And that's who you're gonna get. Well, what if I don't like the 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 establishment appointees? Well, too bad. You see it in the Republican Party, I'm not even upset. in New York. You saw a Republican Party the last uh elections. They just decided who's gonna be their guy. Oh, it's gonna be their guy. Okay, that's it. Nobody was voting for these people. They just they picked the party heads picked the guy, and that's how they did it. It's it's worse than what you're saying. Yes. Only the registered Republicans would vote. Maybe these
3: people right over here. So yep. These people in the middle, these would be the unaffiliated with a party people. And so if you have different candidates here, let's say that this is candidate one, where they're here mm-hmm. on the spectrum, so this is candidate two. You guys get what happens. You spectrum. guys get this. Three so I want to move to the next spectrum. piece if I can. You guys oh, who get the piece. are quite liberal or the folks who are actually mm-hmm. are quite conservative. So that's a criticism of the closed primary. An yep. open primary might make this a little bit better because yeah, but you have these registered Democrats here, but folks yep. from here might decide, "Hey, I want to go vote there as well," so they might absolutely things. Or folks from here might say, "Hey, I want to go vote here as well." Yep. Now, critics of an open primary would say, "Well, those aren't the people who really are registered in that party," and
0: you could also have a phenomenon. Now, this is they're not really registered in that party. The party matters, and my argument is the parties don't matter. That's my argument. I get what they're saying. Well, wait a minute. If you let people outside of the party vote in that party, then the the representation of that party, that might not be real. I don't care. Parties aren't people. People are people. Parties aren't constitutional. People are. So if the people want to control the party, they should be able to if they want to. That's the point. That is where my head is, and I'm disgusted that the judges disagree with me. Of
3: rating, they clearly do where people in maybe on the Republican side could say, "Look, you know what? I know who's going to win here. The Republican mm-hmm. primary doesn't need my vote. I'm going to go and try to pick the weakest candidate on the other Possible side, too. so that in the general election, my candidate has the best shot." Now, a third type of primary is known is as a one. blanket primary yes. or jungle, often a nonpartisan. Well, the two is generally yes, right. primary. Yeah, in a non-partisan blanket primary, and instead of going through this political, this partisan process.
0: Yes, there's all no partisan
3: the candidates yep. here. Would go into
0: one preliminary election. Doesn't matter the party in this case. In this case, it doesn't matter the party. If you're on the ballot, if you can be on the ballot, you go onto this pro- blanket primary ballot, and you pick the top number. Sadly, we have just decided that it should be just the top person, top two people. What a terrible idea. See it in California, not a good idea. How about instead, top three, top four, any top five, I don't care the number, right? But pick it more than the top two. You wanna pick top three or four, why? So you can have ranked choice voting in the general election. That's the reason why primaries are linked to ranked choice voting are linked to ballot access. It's not just one thing that is going to repair this system. It's three. We've got to work on all three. I want change, Larry. Well, it's not voting for your local Democrat or Republican. That's not going to make it happen. It's changing these three things. Primaries,
3: and in that ranked choice election, voting. The top and ballot two access. candidates would then go on to the general election. Now, what's interesting about that? So, two candidates are going to or three on or four in a blanket primary, a nonpartisan blanket primary. And what's interesting there is you can actually get two candidates from the same party going. Yes. Opponents of a blanket primary say, "Hey, this is the fairest of it all. Instead of making things partisan, just let everyone run against almost the fairest of it all. Make it three or four people and
0: do ranked." choice voting
3: yes it is everyone else and the top two will then get to the general election now you'll see all three of these in the united states at congressional elections or even statewide elections but if we're thinking about presidential elections we're thinking mainly about these two and when we're talking yes so what
0: i what i wanted to bring up is i want you to imagine if you would a world where in presidential elections or whatever elections gubernatorial election whatever you name it a world where, as long as you have a minimal activity to get in the ballot, you can. Maybe it's something small like I don't know, a hundred you know valid signatures and a fee of a hundred bucks or something. You might go, Larry, why should there be a fee? If you can't pay a fee, you're not a real candidate. You're just not. You gotta have. You gotta be able to pay something, and it should be minimal. It should be like ten thousand dollars, a hundred bucks, right? A hundred dollar fee. Whatever. I'm making that number up, but like that, a minimal fee, hundred bucks for the admin to do it, and 100 signatures or something like that. And you got the ballot. Awesome. Then you'd have a blanket primary. Put your parties down if the party matters for you. If the party's important for you, put your party affiliation. It matters to you. No worry. Hopefully you've rallied the people from that party to come out and, and vote for you. That'd be awesome. Then you do ranked choice voting, the top five. Or not. Even just straight voting for the top five. Whatever. you, you Top five. Maybe top four. Whatever. You pick the number. I'm fine with that. Then after those five or four, they make it from the primary. Then those people now move on to the general. What does that mean? Let's say you had twenty people on the ballot total. Top four make it. Those sixteen now decide who they want to back, and they begin to back the others in a ranked choice voting system. Imagine how that happens. People could pick up ideas constantly with each other. Then it's ranked choice for the top four, whatever that whatever that is. You rank those four. Unless it is one person you can't stand. You know, not that person. You don't vote for that person. You rank the top three, you leave the last one blank. All of a sudden now you've got a system to where it makes sense to have multiple parties. You have a system to where things are better. And imagine if you went one step further. And this is a little bit different. Imagine if you went one step further. For all of your, say, um, let's say um, uh, city council seats. As an example, city council seats or state legislature, insert thing, whatever, whatever, however you want to do it, right? That kind of thing. We have multiple, you have multiple candidates, right? Where you have multiple seats. What if you didn't just do rank choice voting, but you actually took at the end one or two or three people? So as an example, city council say is, I'm making this up, five people in your city council, whatever, nine people in your city council, nine in your city council, right? That's the people in your city council. And you said, okay, we're gonna do everyone in the ballot for a blanket primary. All of a sudden now you get a blanket primary and you and you nail it down to say the top nine. Well, I'm sorry, no, it wouldn't be top nine. Um, you 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 bring it down to say the top 18. Out of that top 18, you then go, okay, we're doing ranked choice voting for the top nine, and the top nine make it. Instead of doing one election for each of the nine, making sure a Republican or Democrat win every single time, you instead do top nine. So if there are smaller parties that get in under the wire at eight or nine, you might get a third party representation there. That's the point. This would change everything. This would change how things work. It would give us a chance at actually making things work. Right now, you see it. I see it. It's just deeper and deeper division. I don't want deeper and deeper division. That's not what I want. That's not who I am. That's not what I want. We could change it. Those three things will help to change it. Guys, if you like what I'm saying, do me a favor. Take the World's Smallest Political Quiz. Click that link that I have in my in my description. Click that link. Take the World's Smallest Political Quiz and share it with other people. Let people see it. Share it. Go over to the advocates.org Click that link there. Go there. It's the Advocates for, for Self-Government. They're my sponsors. They help make this show run. Please support them. It's free. So Larry, I took that test already. No worries. You know what you can do also? Throw me some cash. Head over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw me 10 bucks a month so I can keep doing this. 25 bucks a month if you got it. If you got big dollars, throw me 100 bucks a month. You got the big dollars. I love it. If you don't, 10 bucks is just fine. Every little bit counts to keep this going. If you notice, if you click that link, uh, the Linktree link in the description, we got all kind of stuff. We got the book coming out next month. We got our uh, clips section. We got our TikTok account. We got all kind of cool stuff you look at, check out, share. It does matter. That takes time, money, and energy. And you guys can listen to this as a podcast. Yeah, you can. Click that podcast link, Anchor. You can check it out wherever you want to check it out. All that costs money for my team to build. Please help us out. Larry, I can't afford that. I to test too. Okay. Like, comment, share. Do that. All three. Like and comment and share. It's important. It does matter. Larry, I did that already. I love it. I got more for you. Subscribe to my YouTube page. The Sharp Way YouTube page. Subscribe. Twitter, subscribe. Facebook. Well, not subscribing. You're liking Facebook. You are following me on Twitter. And you are subscribing on YouTube. Sharp Way. If I get canceled on Larry Sharp, I got to head over to Sharp Way. So, guys, take care of that if you would. It does matter. Please do that for me. It does matter tremendously. Let me grab some more comments if I can. Absolutely. see if I can do this here um let's say here um did lara just say he like he takes dash i don't think i said that but sounds good uh sarah says my goal is for most of the population to be able to take care of themselves yes oh my god yes it would not be amazing as, as of right now 80% of americans need the government to tell them about two things but i gotta tell you right i i gotta tell you the reality of it is covid made it worse sarah Think about this. But in my state, New York, and I'm sure across the, the, the country, but in my state, literally tens of millions of New Yorkers got up every morning and said, hmm, can I go to work today? I should ask my governor if I can go to work today. Yes, absolutely. So Sean says, keep the good work, Larry. Change shall come from within the Democratic Party. Registered Democrat voter primaries. There we go. Sean's even saying it. That's exactly what's happening. He's right. That, that's what's happening. Sean is running by the way. He was on this show two weeks ago, three weeks ago. That's yeah, he's actually talking about that. Yes, absolutely. Tim says primaries occasionally happen in lower levels of government where the candidates can easily chase their own signatures. That's true. Sometimes it'll happen lower. They will. Absolutely. Sometimes they will. Lara says, should elections for federal positions be uniform laws across all states, or should states' rights prevail? Um, I actually don't, don't care either way. Um, I think local elections should be done locally. I think it's a cultural change, Lars. It's not a legal change. It needs to be a cultural change. Judges have to realize that, you know what? There is no harm. In fact, there's harm if I don't let people on the ballot. There's no harm if I do. That's a critical piece. There is harm if I don't give people real choice. There is no harm. I'm sorry. There's no harm if I don't. There's harm if I don't give people a choice. There's no harm if I do. We begin to change that. You will see everything begin to change. The laws will change on their own. The rules will change on their own. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Tom says, commenting from Twitter for Larry, more people should do that. Copy what what Tom's doing. It's exactly right. Yes, absolutely. Um, Sarah says, ballot access should be open to any serious applicants. I agree, and you should. And that's my point, right? I I don't want right to, um, I don't want to Lars's point to make laws that every state has to follow. How in the world do I know what's right in Wyoming? I I just don't, right? I don't know what makes sense in Wyoming. So why would I create a a, a national law? But we all should be saying what is serious and that bar should be low. And we should let the individual voters decide how serious they want the person to be, right? So a low bar for a broad primary and then the people decide, they decide, you know what, I, I take you seriously, Sarah, or I don't take you seriously. The people decide how serious they want you um, to, to, to be, that's the issue. Yes. Uh, you're doing a book. I am. Uh, my book is a book on, uh, happiness and it will be coming out, uh, next month. And the name of the book is on happiness. It's the book on happiness. Yes, absolutely. So Tom says, I liked listening to Sean on your show. So yeah, see Sean, you got some, uh, you got some fans. People actually liked you. So that was good. You do have some fans here. Absolutely. I love that. It's great. So Lars says, a California's top two, and you said top two of both Democrats. Th- there's why I don't like top two, Lars. That's exactly my point. Thank you. You have, you have demonstrated my point. I don't like top two. I like it being top three, four, so, depending on what you're doing in that area. And again, if we have a cultural change, that will become the norm. People should be. We're not, obviously. We should be unhappy with just two choices, right? We shouldn't like just Coke or Pepsi. Even if you like Coke or you like Pepsi, you, sh- you should be angry that that's all you get. If you want to grab a grape soda or a RC Cola or an orange drink or a Fanta, you should be able to grab something else if you want to. And if you don't keep freaking Coke or Pepsi, it's fine. But why would you want to stop yourself from having that choice? And why would you stop others? So yes, we have, we have to make it to where people are thinking that two choices is robbery. And we don't think that. Lunar Eclipse says, Larry, here's a better idea like George Washington warned about political parties. Let's abolish them all together and form political action committees. You know, in theory, you are correct. The problem is, as I always talk about, culture matters. How do we get people who are like, I'm a Democrat, I'm Republican. How do we get them to stop and just create it all over again? If we create a system that allows multiple parties to flourish on their own, then parties will grow and fall on their own which I think is actually much healthier, if that makes any sense. The idea of abolishing them, while I like the sound of it, I don't think that's a place we could go. I I just don't think it's a place where we can go realistically. I think most people are just not going to get it, if that makes any sense. It it, it may be a bridge too far, is my concern. So, yes. Um, Missy says, uh, sometimes I want Dieter the Pepper. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely, 100%. Adam says Bull was good. Yes, I had Bull on. Was that yesterday? Bull from Minnesota. He was on yesterday. I liked him too. That's exactly right. Yes. Bob says, in other words, we need free market elections. I like that. Dixie jumped right on board like a free market of political parties. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Sarah says, that's how Sweden has it. There's a place to research how they do it. Um, I think Canada has several political parties as well. A lot of countries have multiple political parties. The world doesn't end. It doesn't end. You could actually have multiple political parties and still survive. And you could have coalition governments and still survive. It's possible. And you don't have to hate each other. I mean, this is not crazy, guys. You don't have to hate each other. It's not nuts at all. I know I this was a, a topic that in general was a little bit dry. I, I know that. I hope showing the video is made a little more exciting. And for people who often get angry. At us and go, well, why aren't you libertarians doing X, Y, or Z? There's a lot of stuff against us. And it isn't an excuse. It isn't. I still ran. Uh, many of you have still run, even against all this. I would hope instead we'd get some extra respect for going through all of this garbage and still running campaigns. Instead of being mad at us and going, you guys are chumps, go, oh my God, you guys are amazing. You went through this horrible system and you still ran a campaign. Oh my God. Kudos to you. Even if they don't like us or want to vote for us, respect would be nice. And we get some. We could get some more. But the most important thing is for us, if you're going to do a political action committee, as we talk about, you know, if you're going to do that, no worries. Why don't we think about political action committees to stop one or two or all of these three? Those are our three issues we have to worry about. Right, those are our three issues. Do we actually want fair and better elections? Do we actually want more choice? Do we actually want a situation where we don't keep fighting each other and start walking down a road to civil war, but instead start coming with an with a, a way for us to talk to each other and cross an aisle? Think about this now. This is the most important thing. Think about this now. If we don't do something like this. Think how bad our left versus right is now. Where's it going to be five or 10 years from now? Way worse, deeper, broader. You can't cross the aisle now. But imagine if you had a third party. Greens, libertarians, independent party, you name it. Constitution party, any other party. That party doesn't have the baggage that Democrats and Republicans have with each other. So that party can and must talk to both because it'll be small. Libertarian Party gets, imagine, two, three people in Congress, two, three, four, five people in Congress and Senate. Those people have to talk to each other. Of course, they become the peacemakers. They are the peacemakers. Libertarian Party, the peacemakers. Are you kidding me? How to make that happen? Ballot access. Number one, ballot access. That is critical. Open primaries. Oh, my God, so important. Ranked choice voting. Those three pieces will make third parties valid. Those three pieces will make coalitions possible. Those three pieces will make talking to each other possible. Those three pieces will make both sides stop being so radical and actually talk to each other and maybe fix something. Those three pieces will take away the current negative back and forth fighting that we have. Those three pieces stop us from voting against someone and instead get us to vote for somebody or even better, for an idea, for a concept, to get people to be together. Positive, for, not negative, and against. We can absolutely do this. It is possible. Those three things. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for giving me a chunk of your Friday evening. It has been amazing. Uh, thank you for all the comments and all those things. As always, please like, comment, and share. Please take the world's most political quiz. And of course, support me if you can. Patreon.com slash sharpway. I want to keep doing this. You want me to keep doing this, so help me out by either taking the world's Most political quiz or sponsoring me on patreon.com slash sharpway. The links are all there. Check them all out. I will see you guys. On Monday.